Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Doers and Shakers podcast, a soft place to land for hardcore visionaries. I am extra excited about this episode as it hits close to home and it is my big, big passion. It's my career. It's what has paved the way for my entire existence as an adult. And it has led me to starting Doers and Shakers. It led me to my passion for business and for creating so much of art in a world that didn't make sense for me for so, so long. And I think that people oftentimes think that photography isn't a way that you can provide for yourself or your family, right? It's not a large enough career. Uh, You can't truly go to art school and succeed. That's wrong. That's not, that's wrong. That's false. I'm here to say it. Um, I personally, you know, have the bachelor's degree. I went down the entire road of leading to get my master's. And I decided that my passion was going to turn into what was actually going to pay my bills. And you can have it all. You can have your passion and the, the career that makes the money, that raises your children, that, you know, provides. Uh, and so this episode is very important to me. It hits home for me and I am thrilled and over the moon to offer insight to anyone that wants to listen. I surely do not have all the answers and I will never claim to have them all. I just share with you what I have done, my trials, my misfires, my success, and what I feel as though could be helpful for you. So I have my, my hands in many different pots. Um, wedding and lifestyle photographer, branding photographer. I also now am a content creator, brand management, brand strategist. I help businesses grow, blossom, ignite, and are just headed for a direction that they need some guidance. And so here I am, and my photography has blended well with that. Um, Branding photos is much of a desired thing within a business, right? We need good content to share our story. So without further ado, I'm going to lead you into this next episode. And as always, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. guys so this episode is very specific for anyone that wants to become a photographer anyone that wants to get into photography and make it a real business and a lifestyle a way of living providing for themselves for their family i get so many pms and dms from people that are so sweet i love getting these messages they want to know where should they start what is the best thing for them to use for equipment um how do they truly make this a business that can provide for themselves or their family and what are some things they should avoid, personal questions about how I did it. Um, And I too once did that. I still do it. I'm in all kinds of forums, photography, Facebook pages, all kinds of things. Have a ton of mentors still and friends that are in the the industry that I go to, that I holler at for advice. Uh, We don't have all the answers. No matter how awesome you think you are in that industry, you are constantly progressing. You are constantly advancing, getting better, buying new equipment, learning new techniques, filtering differently, changing your medium. It's forever evolving. Maybe that's why I'm addicted to it. I love it. I truly love photography. The business side of anything can be tricky, right? So I want to dive into that a little bit in this episode. I want to answer a ton of questions, the most typical questions that I get. And hopefully this episode is helpful for you. Maybe this can be an episode that either sparks you to make the leap, uh, to just like create an Instagram page and announce that you're going to start offering services, or maybe it'll just be this sign that you needed to pick up a camera, buy a camera, or just like 
get into it. So I hope this episode is helpful for you. And if you have any questions after listening to this episode, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I would love to help you any way I can. Maybe we can learn from each other. If I don't know the answer, I'll find out for you. So with that said, enjoy the episode. I hope that it inspires you some way or another. All right, let's get right into it. What is the number one most important, biggest piece of advice that I could give anyone that wants to get into the photography world? And that is shoot, 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 and shoot some more. You need to know your camera. You need to learn your camera. It is such a tricky piece of equipment. Um, Shooting on automatic, on auto, uh, you know, when you're just getting the camera is totally fine. Um, When you're not trying to become a professional or offer services and you're just, you know, point and shoot. When you are getting a professional camera, when you're getting that camera body and you're getting the lens and you're truly trying to learn how to capture a subject that is quote unquote properly exposed, um, everything is in focus, you're figuring out you know, depth of field, aperture, ISO, all these things, you're going to want to shoot in manual. And you're going to get a little book that comes with the camera. And for so long, I said, you know, that's campfire wood. And for sure, I mean, probably 90% of it is because you're not going to learn by just like reading hundreds and hundreds of pages from this little manual. The true way to learn it is to actually pick it up and shoot. But some of those pages are definitely beneficial. So don't throw that away. Hold on to it. YouTube can be a really good resource. Typing in how to shoot manual. What is ISL? What is aperture? All of these things can be definitely something that you learn along the way, uh, but become familiar with those terms and how they actually work. But honestly, picking up your camera, putting it on manual, learning okay, when I bump up the ISO, when I bump up this button, when I touch this, it does this and it matches up with this, that's going to be how you learn. And photograph anyone you can. You've got best friends, right? Ask them to do a photo shoot. You've got, you know, some family that are whether they're seniors, um, maybe you've got grandparents that would get in front of the camera, your cat, your dog, your bird, like whatever, start shooting, shoot as much as you can and play around with what you're shooting. So not just a person in front of you, but get in your backyard and shoot flowers and leaves. It sounds so silly and so boring, but there's nothing better than practicing on something that isn't moving because you can truly play around and fidget with the different settings on your camera to learn it. Um, go to a parade, learn how to shoot things that are moving. Uh, there's nothing more rapid fire than shooting uh, a parade or, or moving people that aren't there to get their photograph taken, right? They're truly just going to keep it moving. So that's how you learn how to move the settings on your camera fast and, and adapt to what's happening in front of you. But shoot, shoot, shoot. That's literally my best piece of advice that I would tell anybody. You're not going to learn how to do anything unless you're out there shooting. Constantly be having your camera on you. Eat, sleep, breathe that camera. Um, if you're just a hobbyist and you want to just learn how to use it, it's not as like precedent by getting out there and doing it as much. But if you truly are wanting to become a professional photographer, offer services, make money off of it, advertise and have a page and a website, you really should be learning how to use your camera. Become best friends with that thing. Like you should be getting calluses (laughs) on your hands. That's how much you're shooting. So that's my first piece of advice. My next piece of advice is just start. So many people think they have to build this huge elaborate portfolio before they announce that they want to get into photography. Sure, you really should have some sense of direction, 
but you don't need a big fancy Instagram or website to start. Just start. Figure out what your name is going to be, make that Instagram page, make that website, and as you go, you can upload different sessions that you've done. Once you announce and tell people and declare anything, then the next step typically in this world is they start watching you. Can they trust you? Do they like what you're doing? Are they going to follow you? Then once you've built that trust and that presence, then they're going to start calling you. Then they're going to start messaging you. Your emails are going to start rolling in. And then it's up to you, the ball's in your court, to deliver a good product, to have good customer service, to get this really incredible rapport with your community that they can trust that you're now a working photographer. So just start. Get your page up, make your name, and get going. Um, it'll come. If you start, it'll come. It's truly that simple. Don't worry if you, if you don't have it all together. You're literally never going to have it all together. I, 10 years in, I do not have it all together. I sometimes make shit up <laughs> like as I go and it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. And then I'm like, all right, well, we're not going down that road again. But literally as an entrepreneur, any entrepreneur you talk to, I don't care if they're a billionaire, if they are, you know, hardly paying their bills and they're just winging it, will tell you the same thing you quite literally will roll with the punches and everything changes constantly. You're going to have things that are concrete, sure. Your services you offer, the way your contract is stated, your prices, etc. But what will constantly just keep rolling and going is the day-to-day -day art of anything in the art industry as a photographer, as an as a artist in the industry. So just start, get it going, declare what you're doing, announce it, and announce it often. So stay present. Don't just announce something and then like you don't show up on this page for like two weeks, three weeks, a month. You have to stay consistent so that they take you seriously. They want to see what you're doing so that they can trust you and they can, and they can grow with you. There's nothing more emotional about a sale than when someone starts out and people are there from your beginning to watch you climb and your progress. That is so authentic and it's also extremely rewarding. It's also how you build the trust and the continuous role of clientele. They wanna just keep watching you, they wanna congratulate you, they wanna celebrate with you, they wanna hire you to help you and support you, and then they wanna hire you again. And before you know it, it's been a few years, and they're like, remember when you were first starting out? I still have those photos, and I still love them, right? It's super, super fun to get rolling, but I understand that it can be extremely nerve-wracking, and you must, feel like, you know, well, I don't have this and I don't know this and I, and I probably need to have this, but you really don't. You really, really don't. Okay. If you've got the equipment and you've got the passion, the drive and the desire to start this, then you must just start. That's my next piece of advice. Next thing that is extremely important. And a lot of people drop the ball on this when they're first starting out, have a contract for every single thing you do when there's any exchange of money. It could be a cousin. It could be a best friend. It could be someone you don't know. They're all the same. They all need a contract. The contract needs to be clear. What services you're offering, when you're offering it, how much money it's going to cost, and then everything that falls in between. What happens if they cancel? You still get paid. Make sure that's in there, right? You cancel on them. What's it say? You give them their money back. You write in things that the retainers are due to secure your spot. 
always take a retainer. We're going to get into that in a second, but all of these things need to be in your contract. In your contract, you can state how many images you're going to give to them, roughly ballpark, right? Uh, you want to talk about different clauses, liability. These all are very important things. You can, you can go right online. There's a ton of websites, a ton of platforms where you can learn how to write a contract, where you can get different pieces from a contract. When you get into weddings and you get into tr like really, you know, packages where you're getting a, a quite a substantial amount of money and the importance of what you're shooting, um, it's always best practice to include some form of a lawyer or send it over to someone in law that can review it and help you add things and things like that. But when you're just getting starting out and you're offering just, you know, smaller sessions and things like that, write up a contract 110%. You sign it, they sign it. There's all kinds of platforms you can use to send contracts digitally. Um, back in the day, I would quite literally print out a contract, mail it to them. They'd sign it and mail it back. <laughs> um, or if I'd see them, you know, I'd drop it in their mailbox, they'd sign it, I'd pick it up. Now there's all kinds of platforms. You can use DocuSign, which is something that you would pay for monthly or yearly. Um, you just go right on, upload your, upload your own contract and add a sign here button and a date. They email it to your client, they sign it, and you get it right back. It's all very digital, quick, in their email, in your email. HoneyBook is another one I highly recommend. HoneyBook is awesome because it has everything on there. You can get paid on there, you can do contracts on there, scheduling. That's a really incredible one. Um, so do some research, get online, see what's comfortable for you and what you want to do and how you want to do it. But 110% have contracts. So many people say like, you know, I should have listened to you with the contract. I got burnt. They didn't pay me. They didn't show up. Or, you know, hey, I booked this Saturday and I took it off from my regular job to do this photo shoot. And then they didn't, they didn't show or they canceled on me Friday night. And then I was out, out for money totally. I could have worked at my other job. So having a contract is going to make things binding. And gosh forbid you ever have to like pursue anything where like, hey, you're supposed to pay me. You still need to pay me. You have it in writing. It's in your backed by it. Also, a contract just comes off more professional. When you have a contract, it says like, hey, I'm professional, I'm taking this serious. So if you have any questions about a contract, again, shoot me a message, we can chat. Um, so retainers, I'm gonna go on to my next point, retainers. Retainers are really important because when you are scheduling a date out of your own personal schedule, out of your own personal calendar, that is taking a, something else away from another shoot that you could have booked. Or if you still are on, you know, having a regular job and you took that day off to do this photo shoot, a retainer blocks that date. It says, I'm still getting paid no matter what. So good rule of thumb, you know, some people do 20%, 30%, 50%. I do half just because I book up fully and I know I'm going to book that day, regardless if it's them or you, you know? So it's important to me that if someone's going to cancel on me, that I've got a contract that states that that retainer is non-refundable. Now, everyone is different, so this is your call, but also a good rule of thumb is, let's say somebody wants to book with me. Great, they signed the contract, they paid the 50% retainer. The day before the shoot comes and they're like, hey, like we're just going to cancel, we're I don't know, we're going to Canopy Lake Park instead. Like, can we reschedule with you? Sure, great. Your balance is still due. That far, that close to a session for cancellation, like your balance is still due. 
I even have it if you cancel on me like a two weeks before. Your balance is still due on the due date if it's in the contract, but we can switch the date as long as it's within the year. You have to have control over all of these bookings because if you just are willy-nilly, A, it's extremely unprofessional, but B, like you're going to end up getting burnt. You're going to lose money. They're going to walk all over you and it's just bad business. You have to have things in writing and set in stone. So having a retainer, also you can get paid you know, periodically instead of just waiting for those sessions to come and it's all paid in full. You have payments that are broken up, which is a really beneficial thing for you financially too. So that's a really good rule of thumb. Everybody does retainers now. Um, deposits, that's a weird phrase. You can say deposit. Retainers are a little bit more professional in my opinion. And it also states that it's a non-refundable payment. Deposits can often mean that you can get a deposit back potentially. So be careful on your wording and how you're going to word it. And if you are going to return deposits, maybe use the word deposit. Um, but if you're going to just have it set in stone that a retainer is required to book, I would just probably use the phrase um, retainer. So always get a retainer. They are important. It also makes you look professional, says that you mean business, and they will also take you more seriously. All right, on to the next. Create over compare. I'm highly obsessed with this phrase. In fact, my sister and I are about to go get it on our bodies. We're going to get tattoos. Create over compare. It's easy to scroll and compare everything that we do to everybody else, especially in the creative design world as a photographer. I still do it. We definitely should be following people that inspire us, that are creating in, the, in a similar realm than us because we can learn off one another, we inspire off one another, we, th that's all really great. As long as you're not stepping into the danger zone, which is comparing your work to them. I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. Wow, their stuff is so great. Like I'm feeling like shit about myself now. Like As long as you're not comparing your work over theirs, then you're good. You're going to do it. I still do it. So we can't sit here and say that we get over that ever because we don't. As artists, we're sensitive. We're vulnerable. We're open to <laughs> comparing. It just happens. But try to get more in the mentality and the cycle of appreciating that person's work, loving on their work, commenting, liking, loving all the things, share, help get their word out. But don't bring it into your zone of where you're comparing so much that you're starting to change how you shoot, you're starting to change how you work, you're starting to like cut things out that you once loved because that person doesn't do it, so like, and they're successful, so like, you're gonna cut it out. Choose your own path, do your own thing, and just continue to create, create, create how you want to. And don't get in that danger zone of like eliminating what you once loved or eliminating your ideas because they don't do it, so it must not be good enough. That's another really good piece of advice. Um, another thing is setting time limits, setting boundaries, uh, stating, stating what's going to take place at the photo shoot. Oftentimes I will come right out and tell people like, when you book the session, this is what you're getting for this price. And I'll write it right out. You know, you're getting up to an hour and a half options for two wardrobe changes. This is the amount of images you're going to get. You know, you're going to get a print release, uh, these, these images are going to be watermarked, so please use these on social media as long as they're watermarked. And these ones are not watermarked for your personal use. You know, I explain, I break it down for them so that there's no surprise. And also so that when you're at the session, 
and it's been an hour and a half, you can slowly start to wrap it up and it's not a surprise to them. Reassure them along the way too. Time gets funky at photo shoots. People start to like get in their head at the photo shoot, especially if there's kiddos involved or they're like, I feel like we didn't get enough or did she get this or was I looking like this? Am I going to have enough options? When you know that you've like taken a ton and they're going to have a ton of options, communicate that throughout the session, right? So like, you know, say you've hit an hour, you can say, all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up in a few minutes. Is there anything else that we didn't get that you wanted to get? Are there any poses we haven't done yet that you really saw that you love? Or you could say, you know, we've got about 15 minutes left. What are you thinking? Or I can take over and just be creative. Um, communicate throughout the, throughout the session with them. Reassuring people of the time during is really good. Um, and I don't mean like, oh, it's been a half an hour. We've got 45 minutes left. Like, not like that. But along the way, let them know how long it's been, how much more time we've got as you get towards the end of the session so that they also know that like, okay, maybe they're feeling daring now. They've had enough time where they've come out of their shell, they feel comfortable, and they're going to start recommending things to you, which is awesome. Like if they're like, hey, can we do this? Or hey, can I try this shot? I saw this done before. And you're totally open to it. So that's really important. Um, Another really good piece of advice that I once received was as someone in this industry, you're going to have to build thick skin, thick skin. You're going to, you know, we're going to be very vulnerable putting out our work, constantly posting, sharing on Facebook, having a portfolio on our website, printing things, you know, you're going to get people that are either going to love your stuff or they're not. Like one day I started realizing I am, it's not just like me or my clients that have to love what I'm doing. There are so many people that are just scrolling that are going to be like, Ooh, I don't really like her style or Ooh, wow. Like she's changed her style or, you know, they're going to nitpick and you're going to hear things and you're going to see things and gosh forbid these people in these trolls comment or they write a weird review and you've never even shot for them before. Um, you have to have thick skin. Try this also goes for, you know, anytime you post something and maybe like you, you get like 20 likes, right? Or maybe like nobody comments or nobody shares a post you asked to share. And you cannot take that to heart because your art isn't going to be for everyone. And that is okay. It's not supposed to be. There is room enough for everybody to like your stuff or not. So having the thick skin and having the balls and, and the guts and the grit to post stuff anyway is going to matter because showing confidence as an artist is extremely as important. It's just as important as remaining humble and grateful and thankful when you put your stuff out there. You have to also have this form of confidence that like, I stand by what I do. I stand by my art. I stand by my photography. I'm, I know that I can do this. I believe in my work. I really love that photo shoot that I did. I'm going to post it and I'm going to think it's great. Regardless of who comments, regardless of how many likes I get, because that should not validate what you're doing ever. Sure, like having a certain amount of followers can potentially lead to more sales because the more eyes, the more people are going to share it, the more people are going to spread the word. That will all come in time. If you're just starting out, you're not going to have a massive following and you that will all come in time. So don't base anything off how many likes, loves, comments, or followers you have ever. Please don't do that because that is such a 
icky place to come from. And I promise you, like, it's just going to make you feel like shit (laughs) because I've been there. I've done that. It 100% happens. I'm going to roll into my next thing. Take as much as you can on. Like, let's say that you maybe only want to do families and that's it. But you have someone that's coming to you and they're like, hey, I want to, I want to do a senior photo shoot for my daughter. Like, would you be down for that? Don't, don't be like, well, no, I only do families. For a while, you're going to kind of need to take things as they come and say yes to things. Because the more you can build, not only will you build a larger audience, which means more word of mouth, but it's also going to like tap you into things that maybe you thought you didn't want to shoot, but you actually love them. They're not boring after all. Or you found that you actually feel a little bit more organic when you shoot that. So in the beginning... And this episode is 100% mostly just for people in the beginning of stages of, of getting started. Take on all kinds of different things. Maybe you love shooting people, but someone's like, hey, I noticed that you started photography and you've got a camera and you've been shooting a lot. Like, do you want to come shoot my Airbnb? I need photos for my website. Or do you want to come, you know, photograph uh, my dog that's going to pass away? I need images of them. That was really sad. I'm sorry. I just went there. <laughs> but like anything, right? Um, kindergarten graduation. Like there's just so many things as photographers you're going to get inquiries about. Don't shut it down. Take it, take it on, take it all on, take as much as you can because you're going to be learning your camera. You're going to take on all these different adventures and it's going to lead to different paths. I promise you it's going to be worth it. Word of mouth is quite literally going to be everything when you start out. I mean, hell forever. Word of mouth is forever. That's how you, everything but especially when you're starting out. So don't say no to anything. Like you might love it. With that said, obviously down the road, a couple years into it, when you're truly becoming like a business and you're blossoming, you are 100% going to narrow that down. You're going to need to narrow down. And you know, you're not going to want to advertise that I'm a landscape photographer. uh, I am a real estate photographer, also a newborn photographer. Also I shoot weddings. Uh, you know, also I shoot products, like you're going to want to like narrow it down a little bit. Um, lifestyle photography can be an umbrella of all kinds of things, right? It's like seniors, families, newborns, maternity, family, um, you know, editorial, things like of that nature. So there's an entire umbrella of lifestyle. So lifestyle photography can be a good phrase for you to use if you're wanting to, you know, dip your toes into that entire part of photography. And that's kind of the most common uh, theme in New England anyway, for photographers to have on their website and on their Instagram, lifestyle photographer. That way it says like, hey, I do a little bit of lifestyle, all of those things. Weddings are an entirely different ball game. (laughs) Weddings, you have to be like, When I say thick skin as a photographer, like thick skin and armor on top of that for weddings. If you're interested in shooting weddings, the best piece of advice for that is to hop on with someone that's seasoned and has been doing it for a while, um, looking for a second shooter and, or just ask if you can tag along. I've had photographers that are just brandy new tag along with me with some of my sessions, um, not even just weddings. I've had a couple photographers that are just starting out super fresh. They've come to a couple senior family sessions and they just want to see how it's done. They 
take some notes about posing. They kind of shoot over my shoulder just to get a feel for learning how to use their camera. They hear verbiage that I use. Don't be afraid to ask somebody that's in the industry that you look up to or that inspires you or that you know has been around the block. If you can tag along and nine times out of 10, they're going to be like, yeah, sure. I would 100% love to help anybody get to where they want to go. There's plenty of room for all of us in this industry and in this world. And those of us that don't believe that, that believe competition, um, over lifting other people up, just shouldn't be allowed in the neighborhood. (laughs) So reach out, ask, ask people, find mentors and get help from all of those different people. So there is that as well. So weddings, I want to touch on this just real quick a little bit. If you are interested in weddings, so a lot of people in photography when they start out, right? They're not able to charge $700 for a family shoot or whatever, whatever the larger upscale prices, right? They just kind of charge lower ballpark. Maybe that isn't enough to get by and they need to make a little more. That is, I don't want to say typically how people get into weddings is to make more money, but a lot of photographers end up getting into weddings organically because they either want to make a little bit more money or they want to truly capture those incredibly magic loving moments that you just can't explain that as a photographer, like that's the cat's meow, right? That's the meat and potatoes. Wedding photography is definitely something that you need to go into being fully prepared. It is one of the most important things anyone's going, anyone is going to go through in their life. So there's a lot of pressure and you have to be able to hold that pressure and handle that pressure. So if you're thinking of wanting to get into photography in the wedding industry, here are some things that you can do. Get your hands on as many wedding photography magazines as you can or wedding magazines in general as you can. Peruse them. Go online, follow a ton of wedding planners, wedding photographers, people in the industry. Ask wedding planners if you can shadow them. It's not just about knowing photography as a wedding photographer because you also do a lot of timeline planning. You do a lot of damage control. You do a lot of, you're going to need to know like the entire vibe of a wedding. So not just shadowing a wedding photographer, but a wedding planner is always really fun and easy to get kind of the knowledge all in one shot. Um, There are always people in the wedding industry looking for a second set of hands, especially when, you know, we went through COVID and the weddings just skyrocketed as soon as we kind of got a little bit out of it and people felt a little safer. So don't hesitate to ask a wedding planner if you can tag along. That way you can kind of see how everything unfolds. As far as second shooting a wedding, I know for me, you know, having a second shooter, I need to have a second shooter that is experienced, that has shot a ton of weddings. But that doesn't mean that photographers aren't looking for someone to come along and help them carry their equipment, help them reload memory cards, help them load batteries into their flash, help them set up their lights. Um, I, I would even be willing to let someone tag along and during the portrait session, like just kind of being off to the side, shooting your own photos. Um, don't hesitate to ask. And I know that I've said that now like 10 times in this episode, don't hesitate to ask, but it's true. I think we get nervous and we don't want to reach out to people too much because we are afraid that they're going to say no or that we're bugging them. All of us have once been in your shoes where we are just starting out and we have no idea what we're doing. We've reached out to someone and we've gotten our own mentors. So you should definitely do the same. Pricing. Let's talk about pricing a little bit. So pricing can be touchy because 
you know, when you're first starting out, you have to be mindful of what you are able to offer. So first of all, never sell yourself short. But if, you know, when you first start out, you're not going to necessarily be filing for taxes and you're not going to have a tax ID number and you're not officially going to like be stamped by the government that like, hey, this is my business, right? So piece of advice is like, be cautious about putting any pricing up unless you do have a tax ID and you are reporting your income to the state and things like that. Um, it's just something to be cautioned by, right? So, and also when you're starting out, you know, just kind of offering sessions just to get them under your belt, right? Like a $50 shoot here and there and boom, you've just gotten a ton of sessions, not only as a portfolio or, and you just learned how to practice with your camera and be in front of people and practice the verbiage for posing. Um, like I said, don't sell yourself short. So sometimes like when people offer a ton of stuff for free, sure, like you 100%, like if there's some things that you want to do, like set up your own style shoots that you're not going to make any money from, but you're building a portfolio. You're showing people the kind of style that you can offer and deliver. So don't necessarily see that as offering yourself up for free because if you have a vision in mind or you want to set up a couple photo shoots that you can truly direct and drive home the aesthetic that you really want to put out there to show your style, that's not selling yourself short. That's not selling yourself for free. That's not putting yourself out there that like, hey, I'm doing work for free. You're just in control of setting things up so that you can design the portfolio that you want. And then, you know, after a couple of years, a good rule of thumb is obviously raise your prices and see what's out there. It's totally normal to ask other photographers that you might know personally what they charge. Um, it's also a ton of photographers have their prices right on websites so you can do some creeping. I don't put my prices up anymore because I personalize and customize a lot of wedding packages based off of my couple's needs, location, and type of wedding. It's not a one size fits all in my opinion. So I did take my prices down for weddings because I like to have full on conversations with couples. I also, and I feel blessed to say this, this is not a bragging moment, but I've gotten to the point where I book up every single year. And so now I'm having conversations with couples to find out if I want to even do their wedding. Like, are we going to drive? Are we, is that a wedding that is going to be my style and my aesthetic and the type of wedding that I want to take on? Am I going to, um, you know, mesh well with this couple? Same as like, are they going to mesh well with me? So before I quote anybody, you know, I get a feel for their day and them and their style and, and their plans. And then I send along the quote. So you could do the same, you know, you could chat it out with some people to kind of decide, you know, what you want to do and how much work is going to go into that day. As far as like pricing out family shoots and seniors, things like that, you can Google a lot of, you know, basic prices that photographers in New England offer. It's a range. Everyone charges different, um, but it's typically in the same ballpark. Um, or again, reach out on their websites and kind of get a feel. Um, I would definitely get, get your feet wet first though. Like get your footing, get your portfolio ready before you start racking up the prices because you also want to ensure that you can offer a product that goes along with that price. Your time is valuable. Your passion is invaluable. You, you know, you can't put a price on your art or your passion behind it or your aesthetic or your style or, you know, your time and all that stuff. Sure. But as far as like quality and what the product that you can deliver, just, um, you know, get your feet wet and get things going before you raise your prices too, too much. But 
I'm a firm believer in charge what you're worth. Like I'm never going to tell somebody like you should charge lower. That's not good enough because I'm always going to be right beside you going charge more. You're amazing. You know, <laughs> that's just my, my way of doing business and my way of thinking. And not because we want to take people's money, but because our time is valuable. Our art is precious. It's our time. It's our um, experience. It's our brand. It's everything that we're putting on the line, heart, soul, all of it to deliver a product. So we're worth it, damn it. <laughs> um, I think I covered everything that I wanted to talk about for just like the basics. Uh, real quick, just a few admin things. Um, Lightroom, highly recommend Lightroom, Photoshop, Bridge, all of that stuff with Adobe is 100% going to be your best friend. Lightroom is like the easiest, most popular way that any professional photographer imports their photos, edits, and exports. You can also upload your watermark right there. That way you, when you export your images, you can slap your watermark on there. Um, real quick on watermarks. Some photographers don't use them or believe in them. It's kind of one of those things lately that some people have not been doing. I firmly believe that watermarks on images that go on social media, that is how you show because not everybody will credit you. Not everybody will say your name or tag your stuff. But if your watermark is on there, people know that is your photo. And the more they see your stuff, the more apt that they're going to trust your process, fall in love with your work, and then book you. So it's always your call if you want a watermark or not. But if you don't see a watermark on, on a photographer's photo, it's because nine times out of 10, like they just feel like it kills the vibe of the photo. It covers up the photo. It takes away from the photo, all of that stuff. I'm not one way or the other. Um, if you see on my Instagram, my photos, the way my photograph, photographs are on there for just the way that I want my layout to look is you can't even see my watermark. Um, but Instagram is different. You know, if someone was to share my photo, it would show double H photo. Facebook, anyone can steal your photos and image them and take credit. So I just prefer a watermark. That's all. Um, that's another thing in your contract you're going to want to be firm about, like making sure that you say like no filtering my photos on your social media platforms, no cropping them and credit me. Like those are some important things to say. Um, what are some other admin things? I think that's like basically the biggest thing is like getting yourself a good platform for editing. And I would always recommend Lightroom and Photoshop. Um, and all of it is super user-friendly. You can also hop on YouTube and get trained with that filters. So I never filtered any of my images. Filters is when you can look at someone's photos and you 100% know that, and they all look the same. Like they have a aesthetic, the same colors, the same tone to it. Um, you can buy filters or create your own. I've done both. I've now gotten to the point where I can use Lightroom well enough that I can create and save my own filters easily enough, but you can also buy them on Etsy or online, anywhere. Um, they don't cost a lot and you can import them right into Lightroom and it's literally a matter of highlighting all the photos and clicking that filter that you want and they all get filtered exactly the same. And then you can go back and tweak like the brightness and the you know your blacks and your contrast and the shadows and stuff. Um, some people don't believe in, in filters. You'll, you'll get some photographers that are like, no, you, like you need to color correct properly. You need to properly expose all of these things. It changes the color. All, yeah. I never used to use filters. Now I love filters because I love that all of my photos have the same feel and aesthetic and people can tell that they're my photos. Saves a lot of time as well. I also think that it ups the quality and the look of the image. 
I just love them. I love filters. I'm never going to be someone that says I don't use filters for photography because I 100% do. And it's as we shift in the world of people filtering selfies, that's an entirely different convo. When I say filters, that's not what I mean. Of course, filters are the same, no matter how you use it. It's a color scheme that gets laid on a photo that changes the look of an image. Sure. However, professional filters in Lightroom, or if you buy them off Etsy, someone has designed them in Lightroom Photoshop or some kind of professional software. They're calibrated with different settings that are working and aligned with Lightroom. So it's not like it's going to be this wacky dude to filter. They're all, you can tweak all of them. Um, so that's how I feel about filters. So if you ever see someone's photos and you're like, how do they get them to look like that? Or they all look the same. That must take forever to edit. It's most likely a filter. <sighs> I'm excited for you. If you're listening and you're starting your own photography business and you've bought your first camera or you're booking your first sessions and you're nervous, like just know that those are totally normal feelings. You should feel nervous. Shit's scary. Starting your own business is scary. Nothing worth doing isn't scary. Just buckle up, hold on, and keep going. Keep your foot on the gas. It's going to be so, it's worth it. It's rewarding. It's an incredible field to work in. It's a lot of hustling. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work, and it's a constant battle to get your brand out there, get your name out there. I always joke and say, you know, if I didn't have a photography business, then I probably wouldn't even have social media. And that is true. I post a lot because I have to. That's my business card. That's my online business card by posting up, posting up, showing up and posting. So that's another thing to think about and consider if you're starting a business that you're also going to be creating a brand. People are going to start looking at you as a business and someone that they can trust um, so catch some of my other episodes about creating a brand to help you mix that into the fold. And I'm here for you. I'm here for you. If you have any questions, reach out. If you want to shadow along with me, like, let me know. I'm always looking for help. I'm always looking for someone to like kick it, kick it with me and come along. Um, but you can do it. You 100% can do it. If you want it bad enough, just get your heels in and get going. I hope this episode was helpful and get to it, get to work. Let me know if you have any questions or you need someone to root for you because I will be rooting for you. Follow me on Instagram, doers and shakers, doers.and.shakers or double H photo on Instagram, double underscore H underscore photo, www.doublehphotos.com. So that I can follow you back. I want to find you. I want to see your stuff. I want to share it. I want to root for you and show all the support. Thanks so much for listening in. I hope this resonated with you. And I hope it ignited some kind of fire inside. And that you get going. I look forward to seeing your work. Be well. so much for listening to another episode of the doers and shakers podcast a soft place to land for hardcore visionaries if you like what you heard and that was igniting some exciting business moves for you and getting you kick-started to start your own photography business share that with me tag this episode in your instagram stories doers.and.shakers on instagram or your facebook i would love to hear that it resonated with you that it helped you in any shape or form i think i might do a part two to this as there is so much more to say that was just the basics of getting started 
felt like I was bringing myself back to when I got it all started with all the business stuff of photography and I had no idea what I was doing. It can feel scary. It still is scary. I'm rooting for you though. Tag me, follow me on Instagram, find my website, let me know, holler at me if you want a shadow. I would love to bring you along and I can't wait to see your work. You're going to do great. I know you're going to do great. Share it with me so I can find you. And if you're looking for brand help, if you're looking for branding and you have no idea where to start, definitely go check out some episodes that I've recorded previously to this one or reach out. Let's book a consultation call. I take consultation calls all the time for people starting and launching a business. And I have definitely done some coaching for people in the photography industry. So if you just want a 90 minute consultation call and you have a ton of questions and want to pick my brain and get started for yourself, reach out doersandshakers at yahoo.com and I would love to help you. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, you're the best. The support has been overwhelming. I don't get anything out of this podcast. I just do it to help others and help inspire and just create a community within the business world of New England because we're all incredible and I'm rooting for each and every one of you as we navigate and maneuver through entrepreneurship. So as always, take care and be well.